Hi, I'm Jason Marcos. And I'm Barry Hamaguchi. This is Flop Redeemer, the podcast where we discuss the stories behind our favorite pop flops and why you should give these songs a second chance. Today, I'm talking about the actress Brittany Murphy and her cover of Queen's Somebody to Love from the 2006 animated Penguin film Happy Feet, as well as the fantastic Stevie Wonder cover by Fantasia, Patti LaBelle, and Yolanda Adams, also on the same soundtrack. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. It is um, a chilly, what is, it's got to be like 80 degrees outside right now. I was going to say. In the dead of winter. Facetious. Um, yeah, in the fucking dead of November. Oh, sorry, right off the top. Um, <laughs> this is why we have to add that explicit um, tag onto. Yeah, it's a it's a it is a brisk seventy seven outside. Oh, it's really is really hot in the backyard right now. I don't know how hot it's supposed to get today, but it's supposed to be like ninety degrees today. Perfect, perfect, mm-hmm. perfect day to record. Um, perfect. Uh, time to talk about these flops well mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. i don't even know if they're really flops i mean it's i don't know i don't know i i i i, I might i might have to push back on that categorization for for today's well i it's not so well today's i emmy, think today's oscar nominated film i know oscar okay. winning film oscar winning yes uh-huh. one of only four non-pixar movies to have won the academy award for best animated picture well disney um, pixar right yeah, Disney Pixar. Um, so I want to go back. I mean, obviously, for anyone who who hasn't who hasn't listened been listening to the last fifty or so episodes of Flop Redeemer, our definition of flop can be quite broad. It doesn't necessarily mean that it was a critical or commercial failure. It can mean that, in our opinion, it does not get enough recognition, um, or the kind of recognition we feel that it deserves. And that can qualify it as a flop, right? I mean, is that how you would is that how you would say it? I'll give you a pass on this. I mean, well, I I, I think it's interesting. You know, you're talking, you're you're kind of talking about one main thing here, and there's kind of a subsidiary thing that you're bringing into the into the game. You've talked a little bit about this Patty Labelle Fantasia <laughs> song before. I think oh, I don't remember. <laughs> you brought it up, I think, in both the Patty Labelle and maybe the Fantasia. Oh, possibly. Um, episodes as like a notable, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. unrecognized track from those mm-hmm. from those ladies. Um I mean, I'm fascinated by Brittany Murphy. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole there's a, there's kind of a true crime crossover into the story of Brittany Murphy that Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. I don't know if you you're prepared to talk about. But. I I mean, I I know the I know the broad strokes. I know what happened. I ha- I also know that that uh, HBO it's HBO right the HBO series or documentary. The, the, yeah, like HBO Max documentary. Um, I know that the Hollywood Reporter thought it was terrible. We learned nothing, um, or that it just really examines the husband. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I I mean I don't know if you have any per- personal recollections about that time, but I do. I just remember it being so strange. I, mean, I remember. I mean. So so let me just back it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily what I what I want the the framing I want to have around this is like I think you know a, a lot of people know Brittany Murphy as an actress and like a beloved actress, right? Like she was in in a lot of like the characters she played <clears throat> um were kind of beloved, so, you know, so, certainly some of them are iconic. Um 
Her beloved but, role in Girl Interrupted, adored by all. Adored America's, by all. Amer- America's sweetheart. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they don't always know that Brittany Murphy can sing. Or could mm-hmm. sing. And I... That was the part I wanted to highlight about this. It, you know, it, it brought up for me the fact... Because... So Brittany Murphy has a singing role in the movie Happy Feet. Happy Feet is an animated movie musical. And um, she has an excellent singing voice. And I think as I was listening to the song again, I was reminded, uh, you know, about Happy Feet. And I was like, oh, I, nobody ever talks about this movie. So I figured yeah. just kind of wrap it all in. It also has one, a couple, as Barry mentioned, of my other favorite vocal performances by some of my favorite artists. So yeah. uh, I figured we'd just wrap it all together. I'm fairly certain that we saw this movie together. I think so. I have this recollection. We sat kind of high in the movie theater. I, yeah, we went to the theaters to see this movie for some yes. reason. Yes. And I think that's the last time I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking it was good. It, it was, was good, good at the time. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, you know, George Miller directed Happy Feet. And George Miller, um, for anyone who might not know, is most famous for directing the Mad Max movies. So we're talking about like someone who has serious directing directing chops, certainly not necessarily movies that anyone would consider children's or family fair. And so he has, you know, the, he just brings a different perspective to it. So it it it's it is a animated movie that is does not at all feel, or at least in my recollection, did not at all feel like super child childish. Because what was the plot? There was like a oh, because uh, penguins are penguins are supposed to be able to sing. Yes, penguins. So, so the thing is, you know, in 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 popular lore, penguins are are supposed to be like ser- like a serial uh, <laughs> Well, that was the thing. The the thing is is that is that we believe them to be you know they mate for life. Um, mm-hmm. That is not actually true. They are serial monogamists, but they will, but they will like be in pairs for a long time. Um, and they're famous, you know, like many other birds, they have um, mating calls that attract to attract their mate. The movie kind of takes this a step further and calls it the penguin's heart song. And so it's like they're their song will attract their one true soulmate, right? And so it all, that's how all of these penguins um, get together. It's how their mm. culture in the movie is is formed. And um, in the movie, the 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 main character mumbles. It's played right. by Elijah Wood. Um, he has this. He can't sing. He 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 has he cannot sing. Um, and the backstory is that his mother, uh, played by Nicole Kidman, had gone off to you know hunt. Um, and the father, played by Hugh Jackman, um, had taken care of the egg. And, you know, a lot of times they have to shuffle around with the egg. Well, during this process, he drops the egg. And so mm. it is assumed that because he dropped the egg, that's why Mumbles can't sing. So Mumbles is kind of ridiculed. He's sort of an outcast. It's, you know, an allegory for all kinds of outsidery things. Um, <laughs> he can't, so, you know, he can't find a mate if he can't sing. Um, Brittany Murphy plays Gloria, who is you know, the most talented singer of the young penguins. Um, and so she she gets a lot of star time. But eventually, you know, she and Mumbles um, connect and she falls in love with him after they realize that he can tap dance to her song. <laughs> um, and yada, yada, yada. They eventually get together. There's a whole other, like, um, environmental subplot, overfishing, 
Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of the penguins have been quote unquote abducted by aliens. We eventually <laughs> realize that that's you know they were tagged by researchers. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was, it was a really interesting movie. Yeah, thanks for that recap. <laughs> no, you, you know yeah. it's funny. Okay, so it's totally unrelated. This just reminded me while you're summarizing this movie. So, and this has nothing to do with anything, by the way. YouTube in the past couple of weeks has started recommending channels for me where all they do is in a semi-monotone, maybe robotic voice, these people recap movies in like 15 minutes, like entire Mm -hmm. movies. And most of them are like thriller, mystery, horror movies. And they basically just take you through all the key beats of a movie in 15 minutes. And I'm fully hooked. I can't stop. So, so what have you seen? Like, what has been recapped for you? This lately? morning, I watched a recap of The Commuter, starring Liam Neeson. Okay. I, it's it's all these things that they're all these movies that you're always you've always been curious about because they hook you with this, um, you know, mysterious marketing. The stuff that like they're like, oh, like a woman's trapped in a room, she doesn't know why. Find out <laughs> why when you watch this movie, and it's like, oh, like I can. You, you can know, get it. You can, can get the whole thing. I can spoil myself without wasting two hours of my life. Does it play clips or does it just monitor? It does. Monotone? It does. Okay. These things are really funny too because I think that in order to avoid uh, like copyright detection, I'm sure that they're being detected. YouTube is a intelligent person. Mr. YouTube <laughs> is a very smart man. Um, actually, I think it's a Mrs. YouTube. I think the CEO, CEO of YouTube is... Um, oh, yeah. I think you're right. Woman. Yeah. But anyway, they... <laughs> the they YouTubes, are. the YouTubes. Um, I'm sure they can detect the copyright um, violations. Mm. But all these videos, what they do is that they um, don't put the title of the movie anywhere in the video description. Oh. So literally, like these videos are called things like "Blind Woman <laughs> Wakes Up in a Room," uh, you know teacher seduces young girl and then this happens and 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 they all just pique my interest just enough so that i click on them and i find out what movie it is and like okay so if i go to my youtube right now the Mm -hmm. second recommendation for me is uncle tries to seduce a girl that Mm -hmm. just turned 18 and her mom what is this what is this (laughs) what is this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait are you sure you're on youtube and not yeah no else? and they're all like thriller movies wait okay so this is oh this was the movie stoker starring matthew good stoker like bram stoker i don't know i have no idea it's a, but it's about an uncle that tries to seduce a girl that just turned 18 and her mom what's funny is that it says uncle tries to seduce a girl that just turned 18 and her mom is he her uncle or is he just an uncle <laughs> he's the father's brother it's like defining characteristic is like oh you're an uncle yeah anyway yeah, yeah. no that, um, so so for me that service is usually accomplished by um trixie and katya the drag queens trixie and katya like to watch on youtube oh yeah, yeah. well because there's are there's i feel like there's are more for comedy and they skip yes. major plot points. Yes, because they don't want to be so spoilery. But 
I that's the only way I can watch scary movies. <laughs> oh, I mean, these are <laughs> or like one... thrillers because then I watch it through them and I'm like, okay, I got the gist. Um, or even just like anxiety inducing things. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, these are all the movies that are, yeah, like I haven't, I haven't wanted to watch because I know that they're probably not that good, mm. but like the trailer and the commercial is so suspenseful and so mysterious. That I just need to know. I need to know what the thing is. Because um, the other one that I watched a recap for this week, one of many I watched this week, was um, there was that John Cho movie about oh. his daughter going yes. missing. And yes, it was all he, like webcam yeah. footage and chats and stuff. Mm-hmm. I watched the um, thrilling conclusion of that in 12 minutes. Well, how was and, it? I mean... Honestly, when a movie like that is condensed down to 12 minutes, it honestly is pretty exciting and pretty good. I can imagine it maybe not being that great built out as like a movie. Dra- dragging on or something. Yeah, I was talking to a coworker about this and I was like, now I understand how like in the room when someone's pitching you an idea, the idea can sound so good. And when you get to the conceit and the turn of like the reveal and the, you know, the big shocking moment. It all sounds really great when it's condensed, but then to have to like build out that world and make it happen in sequence and then make it feel like it makes sense. Mm. I, I don't buy it. And then, cause mm-hmm. then you go back and you're like, wait, but like, why would so-and-so do this? Yeah. Like you start to see the contrivances. Yeah. Like the, uh, for example, I was watching a recap of the commuter starring Liam Neeson and uh, Vera Farmiga. No. Yeah. Okay. Is there a yeah. different Farmiga that's no, isn't like her daughter a Farmiga? Oh, I don't know. But but the mom's name is Vera? Yeah. Okay, Vera Farmiga. Um, I had never seen that movie because none of those Liam Neeson movies, this Liam Neeson uh, suspense thrillers. The none hostage of them, ones or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. hostage ones are just like uh, extreme situations. Um, never really appealed to me that much. But I always wonder, like, what are these movies about? And, you know, the commuter, he's like this insurance agent that gets... That, that commutes on a train one day he gets fired and then this whole caper happens on this train where, that he's lured into where he needs to find someone on the train and be complicit in their murder and he doesn't understand why he doesn't know who's pulling the strings and all this disaster movie stuff happens explosions they find out that they try to release the, the cars the cars are chained together and the whole time i'm thinking okay whoever the puppet master is behind this clearly had the power to blow up and derail this train and kill everyone on board. Clearly they don't care if everyone on board was killed. Why go through all the trouble of trying to have this guy track one person down on the train to kill them. If you're obviously already willing and have set up, set up things in motion to kill everyone on the train. Anyway, was it answered? No. I mean, maybe if I watched the full movie, I would understand better. But I was watching and I was like, wait, they went through a lot of trouble to target Liam Neeson so that he would track down this witness, witness protection witness, and arrange for her to be murdered. But at the same time, the train's rigged, rigged with explosives. There's other people on the train that are assassinating other people. You know, they've they've chained together the train cars so they they can't be, you know, stopped when they take over the when they take over the engine and Mm -hmm. cause it to go hurtling towards, you know, derailment. Anyway. What was my point? Okay, so that that your recap your movie recap of Happy Feet reminded (laughs) me that I'm very recently obsessed with watching YouTube recaps of movies in twelve minutes, which I 
find very ironic for a person that uh, makes a podcast that often runs about like one minute, one hour and 30 seconds, 30 minutes. Well, this, this recap of your recap obsession has gone on for 10 minutes. I, so. I, I know. I took us way over <laughs> our, our normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, oh, no, I, I agree with you. It's funny. Like there's certain things. Sometimes I try not to be spoiled by things because I, I reserve the possibility that I may go back and watch it later. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, and I, I do not like being spoiled, even if it's like a no stakes movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love even if it's like a rom com, like, no, I don't want to know anything about it. It could be like the dumbest, like, most basic thing. It's like, I don't want to know until after I've watched it. So I, I normally avoid recap things. Um, and that's, yeah, I, that, you know, that's the general rule. But um, I'm terrible. I love being spoiled. My my experience is only enhanced by being spoiled. Well, if you notice, <laughs> I did not necessarily tell the whole plot of Happy Feet. <laughs> because I, I don't spoil it. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, uh, before we, we get to Brittany Murphy and Happy Feet, I do want to very quickly circle back like how I even started thinking about Brittany Murphy Brittany Murphy being an actress who also sings. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I came to Brittany Murphy was uh, a, a few weeks ago, one of our listeners had 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 suggested that we cover uh, a topic near and dear to their heart, which was uh, Miranda Cosgrove's song, Disgusting. <laughs> I will confess, I did not know this song. Um, I barely knew Miranda Cosgrove. I've I've no so I don't know about you, but Miranda Miranda Cosgrove was not necessarily on my radar. She was a Nickelodeon star for in, in iCarly, among other things. But um I didn't realize for a long time that gif of the, the girl looking at the computer. The girl at the computer, you know, <laughs> saying interesting yeah. interesting, right? <laughs> I did not know that was Miranda Cosgrove. Is I mean, listen, like we, I feel like we, or I'll I'll say me, I, Mm -hmm. but I also dragged you down a little Mm bit. I was like, um, kind of clawing on to young adult things and tween, tween aged things for far longer than appropriate. You introduced me to Degrassi. Well, I was watching. 20s. I was watching Degrassi, um, the Next Generation, New Class, whatever it was called. Was I was watching. One, that's the one with Drake, right? <laughs> the one with Drake. Yep. I didn't watch. There was like ten seasons of that. I think that they like flip. They flip the cast every like few years. I watched it straight through. Like I think three rotations of that cast. We watched that. So Raven. Hmm. Hmm. We the watched gymnastics episode. Fantastic. Oh yeah. I mean, so much like a uh, slapstick comedy, physical mm-hmm. humor. In that show, so excellent. Chef's Kiss. Um, <laughs> like, you know, all the way through to, like, Brenda's song, Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Iconic. I think I got through High School Musical 1, and that's when I started to phase out of, like, quote, I think we quote, watched quote, that together. Yeah, yeah, We watched, like, that was one of the last, like, quote-unquote, tween-aged things that I participated in, I think, was High School Musical 1. Because I didn't really love High School Musical 2. And that's when I knew knew at the age of what we were, like, 32, 33 at that point, 
I was not. But oh, maybe we were in like our late twenties when High School Musical two came out. Yeah, so I remember because I'm thinking about like where we would have watched these things, and if I'm thinking about that particular living room and that particular apartment, all of that happened before 2010. Definitely, definitely. So I mean, yeah. so I know that Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior was on my TiVo box. Oh God, TiVo! Remember TiVo? Remember TiVo? And I, I mean, we, ha- I had the TiVo for as long as it, I possibly could. You were fancy for a while because you were like yeah, no, the only ones who that had That was a TiVo. the thing is like when, when I got DirecTV and I got DirecTV with TiVo, it was like the thing. And then suddenly it's like demystified when you're like, well, it's DVR. Yeah. Everyone, cable has DVR now. You know, it's fine. But at the time, TiVo box, and then you just keep, you know... I moved apartments and I had Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior on my TiVo box. took your box with you. Yeah. So that would have been like pre, that's definitely pre uh, Echo Park. Mm -hmm. So where was I living? Palm. I was on the West side still. Yeah. You you weren't even in Palm. 2004, probably like 2004, 2005. Yeah. It seemed, it's so long ago. And then we watched, did you watch like Camp Rock? No, 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 no. I re- I did watch that, and I don't know why, and I don't know with who, because I was like, who are these people? The Jonas um, Brothers the and Jonas Demi Brothers Lovato. Brothers and Demi Lovato. At the time, I did not. I mean, that's how I learned who they were. Yeah. But um, but all that to say, all that to say, did not have this like vocabulary. And even when we did, even as I did, it was more like Disney skewing versus Nickelodeon skewing. Like Ariana Grande comes out. No idea who she was. You know what I mean? Like everybody else had watched her, or not everybody else, but people had watched her on was she cat? Cat and something? I don't know. Well, she was on Victorious with yes, Victoria Justice. Right. And then right. Victoria Victorious was mysteriously canceled. Mm, Mysterious circumstances. I don't know. Maybe I think I might have t- talked about this on the Ariana Grande episode that that whole mm-hmm. Nickelodeon brand of shows was kind of fraught. Yeah, 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 the, you did. And so because Victorious was canceled very abruptly, Ariana Grande and Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly were given their own suspicious spinoff mm-hmm. called Sam and Cat, mm-hmm. which yeah, then yeah. was also abruptly canceled. Um, which again, all to say, no, <laughs> I had no idea, no idea. I'm like, who are these women? <laughs> What's going on? Um, and like, who's watching this show? Like, I at this point, I was like, well, well. Well beyond, and oh, yeah, at yeah. first when so when the when when um <clears throat> the request came in to cover, um Miranda. In my mind, I was thinking, oh, all of these actresses who sing were all around the same time. I was thinking, like, okay, there's like a Hilary Duff, there's you know, yeah. um, um, Lindsay Lohan for a time. Like it was kind of a thing, right? Um, Miley Cyrus, and then I I started to go back, and I was like, oh, these are all like everyone's all over right like this spans 10 years of the people i'm talking about um and so and miranda was more on the latter end the tail end of i mean it's still happening it's still happening yes i mean you could you could draw a through line straight from like uh just blanked hillary duff you Mm -hmm. could draw a through line straight through from hillary duff all the way to like olivia rodrigo Mm mm-hmm because mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo's on um, High School Musical, the, the mu- musical, the movie, the musical, the musical, High School the- movie, High School movie, High School Musical, the movie, the musical. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. 
And so I went back to listen to Disgusting. Um, Disgusting was on Miranda's debut album in 2010. Um, It was not a single. It was written by Kesha. And this came out the same year that Kesha's debut came out. Or not debut. God, I'm all off. Yeah, (laughs) wait, when did Kesha... Kesha debuted around the same time. Like right after Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It was, um, do you remember that Kesha was in The Simple Life? Yes. Okay. So the, the, the thing is, is that Disgusting was written by Kesha and her mom. And Kesha oh. and her mom were in The Simple Life, right? That's when Paris and Nicole oh. went to stay with them. But her mom is, is credited, her name is Petra, oh. um, credit, credited as like a co-writer on like almost every single one of her songs of Kesha's songs, Kesha's songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. Um, so the song itself is, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, it's, it's, it was described as an earworm. It's, it's in that sort of girl, Rocky girl, pop rock sort of vibe that was kind of popular at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a connection to it, but it's not bad, right? Like it's um, can definitely, definitely can imagine like Kesha singing it. I mean, the art to like a lot of Kesha's music is the way that it's the, it's that sort of like dis, the, the attitude in it, and I don't think that Miranda has the same attitude. But I mean, I'll I, I'll break that down into like Kesha's sometimes lack of enunciation. Because I think that what was so weird about this song when we were listening to it is how clearly Miranda Cosgrove enunciates all her lyrics, which highlights Mm. what she's saying, which isn't necessarily, uh, they're not like groundbreaking words of wisdom. Yeah, it's a little, it was a little (laughs) young. It was a little young for me. Um, and, And I think for a lot of critics, but I think it was a good effort. And, you know, it was hard. It would have been hard. I mean, Kesha, Kesha's album, like, blew up that year. And so it was a good move in that, like, you know, you're able to get... Kesha, Kesha was hot at the time. So if you had a song that's kind of in that vibe... In that One of her, from her discard bin. <laughs> um, But I don't know that it did everything everything for me so anyway so what for me i was trying to think of how i bring it all back to like britney murphy (laughs) i was trying to think of well who's an actress that i did connect with because it was hard it was hard for me because i didn't really have a connection with miranda cosgrove right so um i was trying to think of which actresses who can sing do i have a connection with and I thought of Brittany Murphy because it's like it's kind of surprising. Also, singing not like necessarily what they're known for, um, but something that they do and 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 have done well. So that's how we got to Brittany Murphy <laughs> from Miranda Cosgrove. So thank you for that suggestion because it sent us sent me down um, this particular sent you spiraling. Path. It did. It did. We had to pause <laughs> because I was like, I don't have any. I couldn't talk about. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk about Miranda Cosgrove someday. I should do whole. She's in my oeuvre. You could do like a whole, yeah, like a whole Nickelodeon um, 
But Miranda Cosgrove specifically. I mean, I'd be curious well, if she's still singing. I mean, Miranda Cosgrove, I hear she's going to be on this season of I'm a Celebrity. Nope. Celebrity Big Brother. I was going to say. That's... Yeah. I heard I heard a rumor. Um, well, I mean, I mean but you know what? Though, even, even though, like, yeah, Miranda Cosgrove. Miranda Cosgrove belongs to this whole crop of tween stars that was like slightly too young for me. Very too mm-hmm. young for me. Um, if I had to pick my pony at the time, I would always have picked Victoria Justice. Actually and I told shocked you, that- I, I always get Victoria Justice confused with Victoria Principle. Yeah, understandable. Because like who these names sound like um, Victoria Justice. Yeah. <laughs> like... like- when you, when you when you seek justice, you're acting on principle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the same concept. Um. Anyway. Um. We've gone yeah. very over on this. Should I just Let's, tell our users? Users. Yes. Our users. I'm gonna tell <laughs> our listeners that uh, songs and videos featured in today's episode will be posted to our website, flopperdeemer.com. Uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out on social media at Flopperdeemer on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash Flopperdeemer. Email us at Flopperdeemer at gmail.com. Um, yeah. We you know what? We put that script in the middle now and it's also at the end. Like, mm-hmm. should, does it make sense that we read it both times? By the time people get to the end of the episode, they probably don't remember that they've already I mean, heard it once Barry, before. Barry, and let's be clear. Do they get to the end of the episode? Literal eons have passed. Like, it's, you know, you've aged, aged out of the demographic at that point. Yeah. Oh, but I, I hope people listened to the end of last week's episode. We went on a total, total, like, minute-long tangent at the end of last <laughs> week's episode that was just, like, pure magic. Go back, listen to it if you can. Um, and yeah, we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. We're back. So we're going to talk about Brittany Murphy and Happy Feet. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I'm just sorry, I'm lost. Work it out, Jason. Work it out. So today I'm going to talk about the actress Brittany Murphy again and the 2006 animated Penguin movie, Happy Feet. Um, specifically, I want to talk about Brittany's cover of Somebody to Love in this song. Or in this movie. Um, Happy Feet, again, 2006 movie by George Miller. Um, Elijah Wood plays Mumbles. Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman, Brittany Murphy, Robin Williams, Hugo Weaving. There's tons of people in this movie. Um, And again, Brittany plays Gloria, the most talented singer in the Penguin Colony. And she and Mumbles eventually fall in love despite his inability to sing. Because as the official summary in IMDb says... He can't sing, but he can tap something fierce. Exclamation mm-hmm. point. Um, seemed inappropriate for an official summary, but uh, <laughs> who am I to say? Um, and as Gloria, again, as Gloria, she covers Queen's Somebody to Love. And Brittany Murphy, I, I was thinking about actresses who sing who I have a connection to. And as I was thinking through, I really thought about Brittany Murphy because you don't you don't normally think of her as a singer. And that's that's pretty intentional. 
she had focused primarily on acting. She was born in Atlanta, uh, raised in New Jersey, and then moved to L.A. as a teen. And she says that, like, her mom was, her parents had divorced when they were really young, or when she was really young. And when her mom, she said her mom had always, like, nurtured her creativity. And when she said she wanted to move to L.A. to kind of pursue acting, her mom, like, sold everything they had and, like, moved with her out to L.A. to support this. So, God, tale is the oldest time. I can't imagine, like, if I had brought that to my parents, I'd oh, no. I'd still be in Hawaii, I'd be an engineer or something. Yeah, you have to have, what is what is that, what is in your, what's in the water where you're like, yeah, my kid, I see it. They must be doing something. Like, she must have been booking commercials, local commercials she, or something. She Okay, so she made her Broadway debut kind of early on. She was, um... But I think that was after she moved. I don't. I don't know. She she'd done like lots of different things. Yeah. Um, but well, like she but moved. Is... She moved to L.A. at thirteen. So if yeah. you think to your point, it's like, what do you see in your child? Yeah. And again, like when I say tale as old as time, I mean it's literally, literally, lots of parents just move out to like Studio City, mm-hmm. right? There's like an apartment building out in the valley yeah. in the yeah. near. It used to be the, the Oakwood. Yeah. The near like valley, Studios, not yeah. not the deep valley. You don't want to live in the deep valley, mm-hmm. but you want to live close enough to the studios and stuff. And there's just like apartment buildings that used to house kind of short-term housing for little kids that would come out with their parents just for like mm-hmm. pilot season or mm-hmm. to like try and find an agent or try and get a record deal. Like it's just astounding. It's such a huge gamble. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you get a Brittany Murphy Sometimes you get a, a Rachel Crow. Who? <laughs> oh, God. oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. From the America's Got Talent. Sorry. X Factor. Oh, that's right. Not to say that Rachel Crow isn't successful. She's moderately successful. But then, like, there's got to be, like, Rachel Crow actually has to be a successory because there's got to be, like, so many people that come out here and just, like, risk it all and, like, have no lose idea. big. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. And I mean, well, yeah, it's it's just statistically yeah. that has to be the case. Anyway, and, sorry. You know, it Brittany, didn't, it didn't Brittany comes out here. Didn't happen for her. I mean, she as a teen, when she came out, she had regular guest or recurring roles on Frasier. Um, Sequest. Do you remember Sequest? Jonathan oh, Brandis. Yeah. Jonathan oh, R.I.P. I know. He I was the best one. Jonathan Brandis was the best one. I loved him. And he was in Ladybugs, right? Before 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 anyone else total bay oh my god yeah when it's when it's like because it was like jonathan brandis i guess he was a little older but then there was like uh jonathan taylor thomas <laughs> who, who was i also one? enjoyed brad Re- no was brad renfro, brad renfro. yeah well he because he was in uh uh the client right the guy, who was the, who was the one that was uh the 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 hand his hand started murdering people what was that kid's name oh i don't remember I don't remember. There were there were a bunch. You could just watch that movie White Squall and see them all, all wet and <laughs> in white t-shirts on the ocean. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about the movie cover from Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, but you know, Sequest, Party of Five, Boy Meets World, Sister Sister. So she, she was booking gigs, right? Yeah. She was like at she was doing real stuff. She then has her breakthrough role. As Ty in 1995's Clueless, where she famously murdered Alicia Silverstone um, by calling her a virgin who can't drive. And mm-hmm. that kind of just put her on everybody's radar. 
Well, you know what put her singing on the radar was her impeccable rendition of the Mentos commercial song. Oh, that's right. She is like straight up doing like a vocal acrobatic version of the Mentos commercial. And Josh, played by Paul Rudd, comes walking into the room and she's just like, I remember because they had a giant oversized couch in that movie and she looks uh-huh. so tiny on it. And she's like kicking her legs and singing the Mentos Fresh and Full of Life song. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's I, when I knew Brittany Murphy was meant to be a star. <laughs> she was great. She was great. Um, also, shocking for me to go back. And I know that they've done like, you know, specials or whatever. But I'm like, 1995? God, we're old. I was 15. I saw that. That was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater twice. Oh. Uh, by the way, the the uh, '90s heartthrob I couldn't remember the name of was Devin Sawa. Oh, with the hair, the middle and part, with, and with the hand, that mm. horror movie with the hand. See, I don't remember that. I remember he was Casper the Ghost. And- oh yeah, <laughs> with Christina Ricci. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's his voice. <laughs> that's who it is. I mean, like he was Devin Sawa was like very pretty. Like it was a very. It's funny because what's his name would kind of cop that look uh nick from the backstreet boys that really hard blonde uh parts center part like center part i was i mean that was the that was the look that was a i know i know i had i had a center part it did not go yeah. as well for me i mean it, i feel like it went the same for everyone yeah that's true it went the same for everyone it was the look at the time you know also wasn't he in uh final destination yes he's like yes. the one who survived right because like he's on the so. plane yeah. and yeah, so so sorry, we jo- sorry, Brittany, Brittany, I was like uh, Brittany Murphy, uh tie and clueless. Nineteen ninety five was so long ago. Sorry, I was just thinking about coming of age in like a blockbuster movie store, just looking at the the teen heartthrobs on the on the video box covers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so so that happened in nineteen ninety five. In nineteen ninety nine, she was in, you know, famously Psychiatric patient, patient alongside Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder in Girl Interrupted. She kept all those chickens under her bed, those roast chickens. Um, um, the, the my favorite part of that movie was when they were doing like therapy, like group therapy, and they're like doing group exercise, mm-hmm. and the instructor has all of the women like stretch up and like reach for the sky and be like. I'm a tree. I'm a tree. And there's a girl like cowering on the floor. And she's like, I'm a fucking shrub. <laughs> <laughs> I think I cackled so hard in the movie theater. <laughs> um, she, she was a girl interrupted. And then she was an aspiring beauty queen in Drop Dead Gorgeous with, um, I don't know if you know that movie. I'm sure you do. Kirsten Dunst, oh, yeah. Denise Richards, Amy Adams in like one of her first movie roles. Cult classic. Oh my god, so good! I have that on DVD. It's which is a you know it's a coup for me because apparently it's like very hard to find. These I think days. we have it too. Yeah, Dave, like Dave it, it like wasn't available for one a of long his time. favorite movies. It's um, so good, and Brittany Murphy's so good in that movie. Like she's so ditzy and bubbly and like yeah, just manic. I feel like when that movie came out, like we didn't know what to do with like black com black comedies, dark dark comedies, comedies. dark yeah, comedies. black comedy, dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. Black comedy, not to be mistaken with African American black comedy. <laughs> black comedy, like uh, like John Waters type of stuff. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it it nobody. Yeah, people didn't know what to do with that. 
because it was sort of a mockumentary before it was yeah. Like, yeah it was was that before like best in show and i think waiting so. for Guffman? i think so those girls were really young off like that yeah they were really young and i think especially at the end it kind of turns even darker um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it does take a tone, but like I mean, it took a while to find its footing. And yeah. there's a few like oral history type, you know, sort of things, uh, uh, long form, on online that you can find where they interview everyone. And I think Allison Channy, you know, talks about and has mentioned in interviews that like she gets recognized for that role, and she's always surprised because no one cared about it when it came out, and so she kind of stopped thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until like ten years later or something people would like be like, "Oh, I loved you in that." And she's like, you <laughs> saw that ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. By the by, wait, is Denise Richard was Denise Richards like older playing younger? I think so. That's okay. kind of her whole thing, right? I don't know because it's it's in my mind. Denise Richards very quickly went from teenager to like forty year old woman. Well, it's her eyebrows, I think. Well, I think you know because then she was married to Charlie Sheen. She had her kids. Like she became like her whole persona became embattled, embattled mother slash ex wife yeah. of Charlie Sheen. At which point I was like, oh, she's like in her forties. But then thinking back on it now, I was like, wait, she was like Kirstie Alley's daughter mm-hmm. and a contemporary of Kirsten Dunst. But Kirsten Dunst has got to be younger, right? Or is Kirsten Dunst older than me? Never well, mind. We're talking about Brittany Murphy. Want, yeah, we're talking about Brittany Murphy. <laughs> so who cares about these women? If you know if uh, Kirsten Dunst is older than me, email us at uh, flopperdemergenial.com. <laughs> um, in 2002, so after this, so after that, I'm just picking some of the highlights because she's been in a lot of movies. I don't care about all of them, or I didn't see all of them, I should say. Um, (laughs) 2002, she was in 8 Mile with Eminem. She got a lot of critical acclaim for that because she'd always sort of played like sidekicks or kind of, you know, just like very interesting character and comedic parts. But in 8 Mile, she ends up having like a pretty dramatic sort of central role. And Mm. so, you know, kind of surprised people. People started taking her a little bit more seriously. Um, in 2003, she was in a couple, like three movies. She was in Uptown Girls with a young Dakota Fanning. She was in Just Married with Ashton Kutcher and Little Black Book with Ron Livingston. So, you know, she's, I guess I want to, the main point I want to say is like, she's very well established um, by the time Happy Feet comes out in 2006. She'd also surprise. I know I always forgot this because I didn't really watch King of the Hill. Do you remember that Fox show, uh-huh. the animated show? Yeah. So she was Luann Platter from 1997 to 2009. So basically for the show's entire run. Um, and she won a couple awards for her voice acting. Um, and I remember that because sometimes I'd listen and I wouldn't remember that that was her. Mm-hmm. You know? And then every time they mentioned it as a credit, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's um, like um, Mila Kunis being on Family Guy this whole time. Oh, yeah, Meg. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one, the last notable, she'd been in a couple other films after after 2006, but the one that was most notable for me was uh, 2008's Ramen Girl. I remember that. Uh, I found it on Netflix, I believe, many years yeah. ago. I had never heard of it. And I, yeah, I was, it was, I was like home alone and just like needed something to do. And I found it and I was completely charmed by it. Brittany Murphy plays this woman who follows her boyfriend to Tokyo, I believe, to like for business. And he kind of just like decides he's done with her, breaks up with her and leaves her in Tokyo. 
Um, she's miserable, obviously, kind of adrift. She notices that there's a ramen shop across the street. She goes in. She has ramen that kind of like changes her life. There's an old Japanese ramen master there who's like doesn't want anything to do with her. They can't really talk because she doesn't speak Japanese. He doesn't speak English. But somehow she convinces him to let her learn how to cook ramen or to teach her how to cook ramen. So it becomes this like cross cultural <laughs> apprenticeship. Um, it becomes this whole maybe thing. there's it's a kind of maybe charming. there's a 15 minute YouTube movie recap of this that I can there probably is. It, I don't know. Young girl <laughs> cajoles old man to teaching her to make ramen or whatever the title would be. <laughs> but um, I rem- but I do remember that movie coming out. I mean, I guess you know the the, the one reason I remember that movie title is that that was like among her last credits right it was like one of her last before she died yeah she died in 2009 and i don't want to get super you can you can like look up all of the things around her death like she died she she, there had been some you know we don't we've talked about this multiple times well we talked about this multiple times throughout the podcast on different different episodes covering different usually female stars and celebrities of this time period but there she was hounded by paparazzi and the press for her weight um her appearance and rumors that she'd had addiction issues and all kinds of things you know because her weight fluctuated she always claimed that wasn't her thing um that wasn't the case but you know how how paparazzi and the and the and the celebrity media at the time were unrelenting in, in, in coverage about stuff like that. When she did die, I think initially they ruled that like it it was like an accidental overdose. It was like talk the she had um multiple like over the counter medications mm-hmm. in her body um at the time of death, which they said were perfectly legal, but you know, given that she had lost weight and she was anemic, it just led to like sort of fatal toxicity. Yeah. Um, down the road, there were um, allegations that there was maybe toxic mold because her official cause of death was, death was pneumonia. pneumonia. Yeah. But her husband, Simon also Monjack, died. Also died a few years later. And of the same thing. Yeah. And it's in then the same they started place. Looking, yeah. They started looking and it's like, was it toxic mold? There were lawsuits brought and then dropped because people didn't show up at court so it's it's a whole convoluted thing that i think just takes away it's just it's just kind of sad because Brittany murphy by and large all of her roles were very effusive and like full of light and so for her to kind of die in this way and i want to feel like because of the way she died like we don't necessarily remember her or go back like she's not honored or remembered in the same way because it because the circumstances around her death seem so murky like well you can talk about it in terms of i guess what happens with her music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she was teasing a music debut music career yeah for a while simultaneously her public image was you know somewhat embattled uh-huh you know all of the all of the uh, gossip and media attention that you were just talking about, um, and I think that increasingly, up to the point of her death, like she became this very, I mean, in my eyes, kind of enigmatic because she did seem like in public she was 
behaving strangely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She married her husband very suddenly, seemingly, Mm -hmm. right? Um, When a lot of the news stories about her husband's biography came out, it was really like, oh, like, why did this happen? Mm -hmm, How did mm -hmm. this happen? And then it seemed like, in my recollection anyway, that from the moment that she got married, a lot of her efforts in both film and music just stopped. You know? Yeah. They were, there was always a tease that like Brittany Murphy was going to have a singing career. She was going to start making music and it never happened. Yeah. And there were rumors, like he was very controlling and things like that. Right. Like, I mean, that was sort of the supposition. I mean, to, to me, I always thought that guy was like a, I don't want to make any libelous statements, but if you read up on like the allegations against him on like Wikipedia and stuff, like it, he, the, 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 the things described about him on Wikipedia sound like the things that like a con man does. Uh huh. Uh huh. Things like, uh, claiming writing credits on movies for which the actual movie makers claim there was no involvement. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so very suspicious. I'm very yeah, eager actually to watch this Brittany Murphy um HBO Max documentary. I, I again because I I you know, I don't know. Sometimes like I I read the critic like the one line critic <laughs> thing and it's like eh. so I was like okay, maybe I'll skip it. But you only want to remember knows? the good times with Brittany I Murphy. I do. And so like <laughs> Brittany Murphy as far as her music goes, she always sung but kept mm-hmm. it quiet. And actually in the early 90s and I was wanting to look it up, um, but I didn't get a chance to. She was in a band with Eric Balfour. Um, uh, remember him from Six yeah. Feet Under? I yeah, don't remember 90s. him from Six Feet Under. I remember him from... God, what do I what do I know Eric Balfour from? He's been in a lot, or he was in a lot. I think I he was in an episode in. of CSI. Okay, probably. Oh, you know um, who I get him mixed up with? Mm. Uh, who was the young guy that was in... 10 Things I Hate About You and Broken Hearts Club and he maybe runs like a kind of a religious cult now. Kip? No. The one Andrew. Plays... Oh, Andrew Keegan? Andrew Keegan. Doesn't he run like a um Wasn't it like a kombucha cult? It might be a, it might be like a, a it might be like a woo-woo self-help retreat, but yeah, I think yeah. he actively takes on acolytes, so people were a little bit weirded out about that. Uh-huh. I get I get Eric Balfour mixed up with Andrew Keegan. What? He's so much more I I thought you were gonna say like Adam Driver. Adam Driver the, is a completely different age and generation. I know, I know, but kind of like for a while they were playing sort of moody, um quiet, strong. Uh, but not in the same decade i know but like more like (laughs) no i i mean i'm just thinking about like at the time anyway (laughs) yeah i guess you're right oh i remember eric balfour he was he was in a couple episodes of um he was in like the first two episodes of buffy the vampire slayer that's right that's why oh okay okay anyway well she you know so so he was in in a band she'd been in a band with him we don't know what happened to it 
<laughs> but she said like her singing voice isn't like my speaking voice. I've always kept it a secret and never taken credit because I wanted to learn how to work behind the microphone in a recording studio. And some of the singers don't even know it was me recording on their albums. Very JLo of her or very JLo's backup singers of her. Don't even know. So wait, she's claiming that she, her she vocals. things. Oh, but like just as like part of the mix, just to like learn how the technique from like okay. you know studio right. technique. Um, in June two thousand six, she is featured on Paul Oakenfold's "Faster Kill Pussycat," mm-hmm. um, which is a very good song. We could spend like time talking about that song. I love that song. Um, it hits number one on the Hot Billboard Dance Chart or Billboard Hot Dance Chart in the U.S. and goes to number seven in the U.K. So that happens in June of 2006. Happy Feet comes out in November of 2006. And, you know, Happy Feet, again, being basically a jukebox musical because it features all kinds of music from all different artists that are then, you know, shoved into this movie. Um, Ham-fisted. So people have been primed now. Surprise, surprise. Brittany Murphy can sing with Paul Oakenfeld, and then, lo and behold, movie comes out, and she's singing. So people were primed, and to your point about teasing a music career, I think it was coming. Um, Happy Feet comes out in November. It beats Casino Royale, the James Bond movie, to number one, which, again, totally surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Totally surprising to me. Um, So she covers, uh, among other things, she covers Queen's Somebody to Love. And Somebody to Love iconic song it's um from 1976 album a day at the races uh it has some similarities like the original queen song has some similarities to uh bohemian rhapsody you know Mm -hmm. but the difference being that in bohemian rhapsody queen was sort of they were they were they were mimicking an english choir and in somebody to love uh, Freddie Mercury wanted to sort of get into the vibe of a gospel choir instead. He was really heavily influenced by Aretha, influenced and inspired by Aretha Franklin at the time, and wanted this was his um, sort of homage to Aretha Franklin and gospel music. Um, so the 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 harmonies, the layering of the vocals is more about a gospel choir rather than like a traditional English choir. And um, rather than actually using a choir, it it uses just multiple layers of uh, multiple vocal layers. And I believe that for most of the, for a lot of the the choruses, it's all just Freddie Mercury layered over himself. He sang mm. all the different parts. Um, <clears throat> so there's that legacy of somebody to love. It's famous song, <laughs> iconic song. I think that Brittany Murphy in doing this song actually really pulls it off. Um, and I think part of that is because of the production. The production of the song is very, I want to say vast. Like it, it, it's, it's, it feels live. Like it, it doesn't feel aired. Like sometimes when you, when you have these like pop movie musicals, the recordings, the cast recordings can sound very tight and like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of air. We've talked about like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of space. Um, they feel really close to the mic. It kind of takes some of the energy out. This song captures the energy to me of the original, um, especially with the chorus and the background. And Brittany Murphy has just a uh, an interesting voice. There's a slight rasp to it. It's not so polished. It, she she's able to do an emote 
quite a bit in the song, especially when when you get to the end, which is that everybody wants to put me down, you know, and doing the little ad libs about like they think I'm crazy, you know, it, it, with a lesser singer, with a lesser vocalist, that could sound really contrived and not sound very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and she manages to do that. So I, I really enjoy this version of the song. Do you, I mean, are you, you're familiar with the song? Yeah. Do you remember when Anne Hathaway sang this song in um, Ella Enchanted? I do. Very different take. Yes. I mean, obviously at the time, like she was like, a, I forget what the plot of Ella Enchanted was. I think she's like cursed. Isn't she like trying to get back to her fairy tale land? Something like that. Is, she, is she a fairy tale person or is she like a normal girl? I don't know. I never saw it. Oh. I know the movie. I mean, I and I know the song. There's a reason I'm re- I I want to promote Brittany Murphy's version. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anne Hathaway has had multiple chances to showcase her singing. Yes. So. Yes, she has. And I and I think this song really does Brittany does a really good version of it. It's very fun. It's true to the spirit of the song in my opinion. And the production on this is really good. It then, the next track, leads into my, just highlighting again for the listeners, it leads into a cover of Stevie Wonder's I Wish by Patti LaBelle, Fantasia, and Yolanda Adams. And to me, this is one of the best Stevie Wonder covers I have ever heard in my life. Jason is, will not rest until you listen to this until version you listen of this to song. this song. I listen to this song at the gym, and while I have not been in a gym in many years, uh, it is on one of my you know my get pumped <laughs> playlists because it's so high energy. And not only is it high energy, you know, you have Fantasia who's like relatively fresh and new on the scene after winning American Idol. Mm-hmm. You have Patti LaBelle, just icon and legend. And you have Yolanda Adams, who also iconic Grammy award-winning gospel singer. And the three of them work surprisingly well on this classic Stevie Wonder hit <laughs> about, you know, reminiscing about childhood. Again, the production is vast. It's big. It sounds live. It has the energy of a live performance. And we've talked about how sometimes with soul and R&B music, the recordings like are not able to capture the energy of live performance. Mm-hmm. And um the exuberance, the exuberant vocals, like sometimes like the the way the microphones and the way things are produced, it like really just like sucks the energy out, makes them feel very flat, makes them feel very cheap, honestly. Um I've, you know, I've had multiple Patti LaBelle albums Um, and it's especially in the later years it was very hard it's seemingly very hard for them to capture like the energy and the charisma of Patti LaBelle and I feel like this like puts this recording puts all three of them on like very equal footing they feel all like legendary and honored in this in their own right and I just love this version I think let me put it this way Celine Dion fantastic vocalist we love her like big I mean, you can't argue that Celine Dion's one of the most iconic singers of the last 20, 30 years. She does a cover of I Wish. And when she <laughs> she even sings the song when I was the line when I was a little nappy headed boy. Which, oh, Jesus. <laughs> if you haven't heard Celine Dion sing that line, you haven't lived, really. Fantastic vocalist. 
doesn't scratch the surface of the soul in that song. Right? Like, mm. just does not, it doesn't work. It's not about having a good voice necessarily. It's like, can you convey the 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 energy and the mood and the 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 nostalgia and all of that that's that's wrapped up in the song. And a lot of people cover Stevie Wonder songs because Stevie Wonder's iconic. And a lot of people have really great voices, but a lot of people cannot actually do it. So this song is just fun. I just want to be moving. I love the way the chorus is produced in the back, the choir in the back. It just sounds so moving. And especially to come after somebody to love, again, it's just that sort of energy. It's the energy. It's the ability to tap into it. And I think that's what Brittany Murphy did. That's certainly what um, the producers and the vocalists in uh, I Wish have done. And I just think if you have not heard either of these two songs, you should listen to them now. And your day will be better for it. Dare say your life. <laughs> and that's that's it. That's all I have for Brittany ah. Murphy and Happy Feet. You know who I always I you know okay so so I know that I, you you. Uh, don't like my confusion of Eric Balfour and Andrew Keegan. I wonder if Brittany Murphy, speaking of actresses who sing, I just wonder if Brittany Murphy and Alana Ubach went out for a lot of the same roles. Ah, yeah. I used to get them somewhat confused, even though they're very, very different people. Did you know? So Alana Ubach, if nobody knows who that is. Mama Coco. Well, no, not Mama Coco. No, no, uh, no. Mama uh, Imelda. Imelda. So, but what you may remember her from is Sister Act 2. Mm-hmm. She's the girl with the long hair uh, and highlights in her hair. And she, th- when all the, when... Um, she didn't know Mary had a little lamb. She didn't know Mary had a little lamb. And they were like, well, maybe where she lived, Mary did not have a little lamb. <laughs> and then she sings And so the they were like, boat. sing whatever you want. She sings the Love Boat theme song. And everyone's like, what? Iconic. And then I thought, oh, she disappeared. Whatever happened to her? She's done so much. She was um uh, Reese Witherspoon's friend in um, Legally Blonde. In Legally Blonde. She's done a lot of TV. And then, yes, she surprised me because I thought, oh, they must have gotten like Rita Moreno or somebody to play You're Ma- like, this uh, is some 80-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, in Coco. No, it's Alana Uba. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That, no, that's like, I was trip. like, that was where I was like, oh, like she went from like young sorority girl to like grandma real quick. I know. You know, I know. You know what she also did recently, Alana mm. Ubach, is she was um Janine Jean, uh, Perot. Oh, in Bombshell. In... Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love Cecily Strong's. Um, <laughs> oh God, she's splashing. Perot. <laughs> the wine and then she crawls into the wine glass <laughs> i had to like watch i had to watch all of the uh cecily strong as janine perot skits because they just like they get more and more extreme like once they commit to like that she's holding a drink and sloshing it yeah, around yeah. bit it just gets more and more extreme every time and it's it's amazing speaking it, of cecily strong and speaking of musicals have you seen schmigadoon I do not subscribe to that particular television service. I'm on Apple TV plus. Yeah. It's It's, too much. It's it's, very good. There's just too many things to subscribe to. I know. I know. You know, like, why don't you watch the, uh, the, the recap of Schmigadoon? Maybe I will. 
For years and years and years, we just all complained about how cable was bundled and we had to get everything and it it cost us $100 and it, we just wish we could pick and choose what we wanted. And then we got what we wanted and I'm just, it's even more um, agonizing. Well, and with that, you can watch Happy Feet on HBO Max. Okay. For like what, $9.99 a month? I don't. I don't know what it is. I mean, here's the thing is that that's, <laughs> that's where back. they get you. I, I, I swear with streaming services, like we are now paying more than we were when we had cable. Probably. I, I even got BritBox. Same, same. Yeah. I have BritBox. Yeah. Purely so I can watch Gardener's World. Oh, geez. Okay. I mean, it's amazing. You I mean, you should also watch uh, Bletchley Circle. Very excellent. You should oh, watch. There, yeah, yeah. There's a there's yeah. a Bletchley Circles. Uh, if you watch the first series before, the, I think there's a second series that's also on BritBox. Uh, Father Brown. There's, I think, two more seasons of Father Brown that were not available on Prime Video. Um, wait, wait, wait. There's a there's another mystery, like murder mystery. They're not shows. They're more like a movie series on there. And I'm gonna completely blank. <gasps> Oh, it's wait. like a, a, a like a, a, a private Divorcee? detective. No, 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 no. There's like a private detective, and like this woman who does she run a travel agency or something. Like they get thrown together for some reason. He's like he he is forced to retire from the force. Um, she wants to partner with him, and then oh, it's called Shakespeare, and I think one of them is Shakespeare, and the other is I don't know. It's the woman's name, but um. <laughs> They go. There was one where they go on this ferry. <laughs> you know how, like in England, they always take the ferries to places, uh, Amsterdam or wherever. Mm. And um, people start like on the. It's like a old, old people. It's like a senior tour. Oh, she's a tour age. She was a tour guide. They were both tour guides. Okay, I'm gonna get all messed up. <laughs> I think I'm confusing two different shows, but there was one where they yeah, were, yeah. There was a tour guide, and then they go on this this ferry, and all the all the seniors are being <coughs> bumped off. Okay. Um, but I was watching uh, one where it was like it this. It was like this eccentric, divorced woman, and then she goes back for her ex husband's funeral, and then there's a woman in a wheelchair, and. A man who oh 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 and then oh oh this uh this this woman's fiance is murdered in the bathtub and oh. they realize that he was trans a transgendered man. Wait. They burst they burst into the bathroom to discover his dead body and they're looking and they're like oh my god, and, and this is like a, it, and it's like a nineteen I feel like it's like post war so it's like nineteen fifties mm. era oh I see and um. I forget what happens. I think the girl <laughs> in the wheelchair did it. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, BritBox, yes, added to the list. And you're just like, that's another $7 that's just flying out the window. Yeah. Do I want to watch Schmigadoon or do I want to show uh, watch shows about travel agents that solve mysteries? Well, Apple TV also has Foundation, which is based on the Isaac Asimov novels and has a very hot, very evil Lee Pace, who's fantastic. That is also, I mean, it's hard because you're just like, well, I want to watch all of these things. I don't want to watch. I didn't Foundation get kind of not great reception? I do not know. <laughs> Sorry. 
my thing stopped recording for that la- my response. Oh, so I okay. Had to wait so that I could put it on wax <laughs> so that you all could hear that I do not know if Foundation got a good reception. Okay. So, anyway. Here. That's Brittany Murphy. Yeah. And a brief foray into Alana Ubach and uh, b- British procedural crime dramas. And Eric Balfour, apparently. And Eric Balfour and Clueless. I'm, I'm, God, Jason, I, I really wanted to talk about the trash about Brittany Murphy's life. but Well, let's do that in the follow-up episode. We don't have to, but... I was all ready to talk about it. I was already We're already getting to an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> I know, but I was all ready to talk about like, oh, like what happened to Brittany Murphy? I want to watch this HBO Max, docu- Max documentary. Maybe we'll watch it together. Yeah, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. No, you're trying to keep it positive. I get it. I get it. I am. I am. I am. Anyway, what's happening where we end the show mm-hmm. and I... We thank people thank adam elder that guy for composing our theme music um again i'll remind you again songs and videos featured in today's episode will be posted to our website flopredeemer.com remember to rate review and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice check us out on social media at flopredeemer on instagram and twitter and at facebook.com slash flopredeemer it's always email us at flopredeemer gmail.com thank you for listening Bye-bye. <laughs> We're stupid. <laughs> <laughs>